0: From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up wake up, wake up! wake up! wake up! WarChant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this
1: is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One corner pocket.
0: Now here's WarChant.com's ass on Hunch of and Corey Clark.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, third straight win for Florida State over Miami, giving the defense the props they deserve. The inglorious end of the Jimbo Fisher era, we discuss it. And your boy almost gets beat up by a supermodel on Saturday. Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com, the website 2475 Appalachie Parkway in Tallahassee. Daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., only $8.99. And on Mondays, victory burger. Just, just what, it's, it's what happens, everybody. It's what you do on Mondays in Tallahassee. You, you, you bask in the afterglow of another Florida State victory. You do it over on your lunch break at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. $8.99 for that half pound black Angus all beef burger, also with a side dish of your choice. You know the side dishes. Check it out, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. And don't forget, tomorrow, trivia night, seven o'clock at the CP. Shout out to everybody who came out. Uh, I did not make it out. Sorry to our guy Seth, aka uh, Don Rugens, Others mm. uh, that inquired about my whereabouts. Uh, a little bit under the weather still. Should be good now. Should be should be definitely be all systems go for the North Alabama meet and greet. Five o'clock. Oh,
0: good, Perfect. Um,
1: That's going down, right, core. That's the uh, the season finale, if you will, maybe.
0: It is, and uh, I wanted to say that you know I was talking to Bill on Saturday night after the big win. Uh, he said it's by far that Friday night was the busy, the uh, the biggest night they'd ever had, and then they broke that on Saturday night corner mm-hmm. pocket. I'm talking about, um, and he said it was all because of Wake Up board Chain. I think he was joking. But we do have an impact. Like we have helped uh, people know it's people that come from out of town have a place to go to with other Florida State fans. And I just want to point this out. I'm not going to name any names, uh, but there were there were a number of people that came up and told me personally how much we meant to them. If they'd been through some trying things in their life, or they live away from Florida State in Tallahassee, they don't get connected to the program. They can't be connected usually physically near the program because they live thousands of miles away. We help them feel connected, and that always warms my heart to hear stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to folks that we, came and said hello. Uh,
1: we you, can, we, Lord
0: knows you weren't there. <laughs> I had to do it all. I had to do it all wow. myself, but it really it really does mean a lot when people say such nice things, and it does seem to matter. We, we give them a sense of normalcy if they've gone through something. They know we're going to be there every day talking about the Knowles. I'm going to be saying dumb stuff, and we all get along and keep moving.
1: Is this where I get emotional like Sharon Moore after the Michigan win and just kind of uh, pull yeah, my heart that was, out? That was outrageous. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Fair
0: <laughs> no, enough. But hey, we can
1: maybe help your business too. Look what we're doing for Vitamin Energy and for our guy Bill at Corner Pocket. Holler at Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Aslan at warchant.com. Warchant.com, your ultimate seminal sports source. I think the big game special might be expired by now. But yeah. maybe if you're listening on the West Coast when we drop this at midnight on, you know, Monday and it's technically nine o'clock over in your neck of the woods. You might be able to still sneak in there. So take advantage if you haven't already uh, 50% off an annual membership. Hopefully a lot of you did take advantage of that because you get to celebrate your team being 10 and 0, mm. um And one of those, uh, you know, kind of landmines, if you will, in this schedule that again, it won't be celebrated by scholars for its uh, arduous trek to the top here, but just got to win every week you show up. And, and Florida State did that again, Corey. And I, and I don't want to, We'll nitpick maybe tomorrow, maybe we'll nitpick 35, 40 minutes later on in the show, but let's maybe first and foremost, just let's celebrate this win, right, Corey? I, I, I'm trying to think about how I was maybe like in 2016 listening to a show that might have been like this. If there was, I don't think there was at this time, but like, I, I wouldn't want to tune in and hear about, well, man, you, you had to block an extra point and you had to get a crazy stop. And, you know, be like, hey man, we just beat Miami in Miami, like, let me celebrate it. Uh, Florida State just beat Miami to keep their national season national title hopes alive. Yep. Uh, probably stuff that again we can nitpick on, but what like first and foremost stands out in your mind that you walk away from feeling really good about this team, particularly this season right here and now after that twenty seven twenty
0: win. Well, look, man, I will say this, and this is a this isn't a nitpick. This is this is uh, this is I don't know what you pick that's bigger than a nit. A lot of things, I guess. I don't know a uh, not, bug, a nut, a nut, like a whoa. fruits. Could pick fruit, strawberries, um, but if you don't make that ridiculous play or not make that play on the oh, uh, on the 85-yard touchdown, it's not a game, and you're going to probably cover the spread. You 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 were right there where it was a push either way. You're up 27 to 13. It's first and 15. The kid just throws it up, and your safety is in position to not only not have it be a completion. He's there to intercept it. And instead he doesn't either, knocks his own guy down, turns into an eighty five yard touchdown, and then it becomes a game. And but so when that happened, and then Florida State did not move the ball, did not score on the next possession, they gave Miami the ball, and then that kid who showed all the heart in the world all day because he was getting beat up and he was not ready to, to lead an offense against a defense like that, he was fine, but he obviously that offense was dialed back considerably and he was not very good, this true freshman quarterback he scrambles for that first down and bre- i assume breaks his arm right i would assume and,
1: so yeah, my friends- and,
0: and he got the first down by an inch but i do think it was the right call when they showed the down the line replay i do think he he got there oh, okay. showed all showed all the heart in the world to get there and then they bring in tyler van dyke who we've all made fun of for three weeks and you're like you know what this is how the storybook season is going to end for florida state is Miami with another nightmarish heartbreaking win over a good Florida State team. I just I that's what I was getting ready to write. It's like, of course this is what's gonna happen. And I I'm a cynic by nature. I've lived through some bad things when it comes to sports fandom. But when he completed those two passes, one that Renardo Green had great coverage on, and you're like, is this what's this is happening? He's gonna lead them down the field, but for your defense to rise up when it mattered, and I know they weren't playing uh, you know, Jane Daniels. Although they did pretty well against Jane Daniels, the 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 Heisman front runner now, because he put up 700 yards against Florida. Florida State did well against him too, but they weren't playing an elite quarterback in an elite offense. Clearly, but in that moment, one slip up, one one mistake, one bad play, and your season's over. And so for them to step up in that moment, for Jarien Jones to make that play, for Malcolm Ray to get the pressure, and for Renardo Green to get a pass breakup after he would just given up two completions. That's what I wanted to celebrate man is this defense Adam Fuller's unit much maligned as most defensive coordinators are. the last two weeks, again not playing great offenses granted the last two weeks they've won because of Adam Fuller in that defense and I just wanted to celebrate them. I thought they played they played exceptionally well in the second half after kind of getting run over in the first half but I love the adjustment and they won and I've seen I've been around too long and seen too many good Florida State teams better teams than this. Lose crazy games to Miami where the national championship hopes go down the drain. And now you still have those hopes. Maybe it's just for two more weeks or three more weeks or six more weeks, or maybe you win the national championship. But they're alive and well right now because of what that defense did in the final moments on Saturday.
1: You know, granted, I was making my way down to the postgame uh, news conference room. So I, I didn't get, I, I saw the injury and I think I saw the first incompletion. There was Strepo, and I'm like, all right, he doesn't have it. I'm out of here. This game's over. Um, but yeah, I, I did not feel that fear and I get, it. I, I think it's maybe like a different vintage you and I, but like, listen, I lived through the lost decade. I lived through like, you know, Sean Taylor catching more passes from Chris Ricks than Florida state receivers throughout his career. Um, but like, I, I did not feel that kind of impending doom, but it, it, I guess a lot of people might have had that knot in their stomach yeah. and to, and to well, find a way a sudden, to, to overcome you, that.
0: But you think like the game was over. You had a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and their quarterback just hit the ref with the ball. Mm. And they're punting it back to you. You've got the ball near midfield and then you I, I thought it was about to be a 21 point win. I thought you were about to rate and then literally 2 minutes later it's a game. Because your offense goes 3 and out, they miss a whole a defensive holding um but also you're snapping the ball with 21 on the play clock inexplicably. And then so they miss a defensive holding, you don't get the first down on third down, you have to punt. And then the kid just throws it up for grabs. They hit an 85-yarder. All of a sudden, a game that felt like a lapper. Like we were making fun of Miami for the kid hitting the, the the referee with the ball. All of a sudden, it's a game. And there's real game pressure on you. And that's where it got. And then, all of a sudden, and then, Dykes, then, then Van Dyke's in the game around midfield. And it's like, man, one play. You're one play away from, well, I guess two plays, because I think they would have gone for two. But you're two plays away from losing this game, and it would have been an all-time collapse. Just a heartbreaking way to lose this streak, to lose the chances of a national championship this season, to lose the undefeated season. All that would have gone down the drain, one play here or there. And I guess just, yeah, I'm a certain vintage, but like I've seen that enough. Well, not just with Florida State, just in other walks of life and other other sports and other years and other football teams it happens so for them to avoid the catastrophic heartbreaking loss is what I took away from that and you beat Miami again for the third year in a row Mm. you you beat them and what beat them for the third year in a row
1: 10 out of the last 14 I think Iris said
0: on the wrap yeah 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 10 and 4 over the last 14
1: I think our guy James B pointed out now only two wins away from evening the overall series record yeah, so. I think they
0: were thirty-two and thirty-five going into that one. So yeah, they're uh, they're they're getting closer and closer, man. Yeah. I mean,
1: at what point? Again, it, it's so tough to. It's not. It's it's easy to celebrate and be excited for these wins. It's tough to really kind of figure out how much of it's going to play out if they play some of these other teams that we're seeing here in the college football playoff. But like, is any part of you comforted, heartened by the way this defense continually just again finds ways to rise up? that, I mean, you're still going to be nervous if they're in that situation against, you know, Georgia in a playoff game or whatever. Sure. But surely they've, they've proven to themselves ten times over now that they every team thinks that they're, they're the hardest working team, that our fourth quarter drills, that our call of duty, that our chase, whatever you want to brand it in the offseason, is the hardest, right? Like, we're these guys. We're built for this stuff. But, man, like, they're, you know – I kind of wanted something like this to maybe happen. Not not give us like you know a coronary here, uh, but I don't know. There's some benefit I think to again maybe proving to yourselves once more uh, that you can you know overcome situations like that, and it's going to pay off in the in the in the short run here as we get to the nitty gritty, right? Or maybe not. I,
0: yeah, I think so. Again, every game is so unique though, and I just think there's an extra pressure that like if if somehow I shouldn't say if somehow if they are playing Georgia in a semifinal game. I, weirdly, I don't think there's as much pressure as, obviously, there's not, also not as much talent on uh, uh, on the field with Miami that there would be against Georgia. But I don't think there's as much pressure as they felt because they, they were on the precipice of, like, blowing a game and blowing a season against a team they, they were just up two scores on with the ball. And I think with Georgia, you you go into that game, I would think even the people listening to this, you go into a game against Georgia, you want to win. You hope to win. But if you don't win, it's not crushing because it's Georgia and they're better than you. Miami's not better than you. Mm. And Miami almost stole one from you and ended your kind of magical run right now. You get in the tournament, you give yourself a chance, let the chips fall where they may. But when it comes to Miami at home with the two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter, that's where I like that they rallied up after that crazy play by Knowles. Um Ooh, and again, man, I, I, you know, I'm not going to kill the kid, so it's fine. We won't talk about that. But, um, you know, the defense after, because they didn't play well for stretches in that first half. They got, they gave up like five and a half, six yards of carry in the first half, and then the second half starts after the uh, onside kick, and we can talk about that later if you want. They have a 20-yard run on the first play from scrimmage. Miami did, and then they did Jack Diddley squat poo, running the ball the rest of the game, which was good to see.
1: Yeah, 15 carries, 35 yards in the second half.
0: I mean, that's after what they did. In the so, Okay, so that's what it was, 15 for 35? Yeah. yeah. And the first one was for 20. Mm. So the next 14 carries got 15 yards. They were exceptional against the run uh, when it mattered because they didn't want to have to have that kid aired out. They were in a game, and the defense uh, slowly took control of the game like they did against Pitt. And then Coleman's punt return kind of, I thought, iced it until the nonsense happened. But, yeah, man, um, I, I think, you know, if you want to project, look, man, Florida State's going to have trouble against Georgia. All right? We get it. They might I have feel trouble like, against Florida, too. You know? Exactly. And I, I'm saying if they play Georgia, because I heard yeah. that a lot Saturday night, like, what's Georgia going to do to us? What's Ohio State going to do to us? This is fans talking to me. Or Michigan. And I'm like, man, just worry about that when you get there. mm Like, again, you don't have to beat them 10 times. You have to beat them once. And I will say this, and again, we're projecting because I am certainly not under any circumstance assuming a win at the Swamp or a win in the ACC Championship game. I'm not assuming that. But if you were to get to a game against Michigan or Georgia, the one thing you have, you are not going to be able to run the ball on them. That's clear. Unless Jordan Travis can run, you are not going to be able to run the ball on those types of teams. But Jordan Travis would have had three weeks off I feel like Jordan Travis with three weeks off, four weeks off, actually, would be pretty fresh-legged and would be a, a unique weapon that those defenses might struggle with, plus you got the two dudes out wide that would also have had four weeks off to get as healthy as they can possibly be. Um, so that does give you a fighting chance, right, if you're just projecting ahead. That yeah, you I don't have-
1: want to say fighting chance. That's like, you know, that makes it sound like you're – in you know far inferior to your opponent no i these guess are, just
0: because yeah. you can't run the ball on these teams
1: and they're going to probably be able to run on you i think
0: correct that's what until in unless you you, you make those adjustments you made against miami but, but i don't know if make, you can do you right. would
1: you do those against you know no uh, not
0: against uh, not with a team that has McConkie and brock bowers yeah. or not against jj well maybe against mccarthy i mean michigan ran the ball 31 times in a row so maybe you could do that against michigan but yeah you could afford to just fly guys up to the box because you were not worried about a freshman quarterback beating you. You would that would not be the same thing. But yeah, you know I don't, I don't want to sound like you'd be a you'd be lucky to even be in the game at halftime. I'm just saying like the way these last two games have looked and as in as uh maybe as uh off putting as some of these drives have looked. Understand that that uh with with Keon and Johnny healthy out wide and with a healthy Jordan being able to run, that's if that ever gets to be if that ever happens, um, and I'm not saying he's unhealthy. He's just not. You know, you could tell when he's trying to run away from linemen, and he can't. But um, I, I just think that's that's a unique offense that not many other teams would have ever see, would have gone up against something like that. Like Georgia will have had played Alabama, but that kid can't throw like Jordan Travis, and I don't think. I, and Alabama doesn't have receivers like Florida State. So anyway, I, I'm I'm uh, rambling about a game that might not ever happen, but. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people watch that game against Miami and even Pitt and be like, well, man, what, 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 what's the point? Like, we barely beat Miami. Georgia would have beaten that Miami team by 30 points. Yeah, sure, man, but you didn't play all that well. Uh, your quarterback, I don't think, played all that well for him. And you still won the game. And if you do play well against any of these teams, you can beat them all. I truly believe that. And I And going back to your original what you said, it is because the defense is playing like this. It's not a great defense. It's not incredible. It's pretty darn good, though. It's pretty darn good.
1: All right. Well, um, on the positives, the return of Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess maybe to a lesser degree. We don't know if Jaheem's going through anything. I mean, Ira thought that maybe um, we're not seeing the a full uh, force capacity Jaheem Bell, but still three catches for 41 yards, not too shabby. Um, I mean, just the – the balance they're going to have with these three guys ready I mean maybe not even so much Jordan being healthy if they get to this point where they win out their schedule uh looking forward ahead to, to a playoff but just to see like those guys back out there and I know Johnny had a drop or two but to see Keon returning a punt the way he did and almost delivering a dagger uh, and just having Johnny back out there and the stress they're going to put on defenses uh, yeah. I mean that that that, that also uh, portends well as we get to the nitty gritty here no
0: it does. I, I, again, it, it does. I just, you know, you go to the Swamp. If you don't have a running game you can count on, um, that's a little problematic. Um, but I don't know what that team even is that you're going to be playing in two weeks. I mean, they literally just gave up the most yards in program history. Uh, Oh, really, did they? Was that? Yeah, 702 yards to LSU, which is the Mm. most they've ever given up. Um, Jane Daniels, I think, accounted for 600 on his own or 580. He ran for 230 yards and threw for 350.
1: First player, I think, to throw for over 300, run for over 200, like in the Power 5 level, something like that. Oh,
0: really? I can't believe that would be the first, but it's one of few. Uh, Throw for
1: 350 and run?
0: Oh, you said 350. Yeah, maybe. I know Tui Yassasopo, one of those guys back in the day, did it. Um, But – uh, you know, if Jordan Jordan isn't that it isn't Jane Daniels right now, uh, with the legs. But I mean, that Florida that Florida team is also about to play Missouri.
1: In Missouri. Yeah.
0: At Missouri, and Missouri is good. Like Missouri hung with
1: Georgia. Thumped Tennessee last week. Thumped weekend. Tennessee
0: really hard. Uh and I think is there only two law lo- there are only two losses for LSU and Georgia? Mm-hmm. I think they're 8-2. Um, yeah, they're good, man. They're legit. And that's going to be a very, very tough game for Florida um, at right there. And meanwhile, you're playing North Alabama. So they're, even though you're at the Swamp, there is no excuse for you to go out there and, and not beat that team. They're going to be coming off a war against a better team, probably a loss, and they're going to be a lot more beat up than you will. So uh, and, and you have the better team. And you're playing for more. So I know that's, that game is two weeks, two weeks away, but I, I liked, you know, honestly, other than, uh, I keep coming back to it, other than that last stupid touchdown, I just thought that, I thought the defense was lights out. I, again, I just thought the defense was great. I thought the defensive line took control of the game, and I think it's really cool. That we talked about this a little bit on Wake Up Orchant, and we asked a lot of – no, not Wake Up Orchant, the Orchant rap. And we asked a lot of questions in the press conference about it. Guys like Deloach and Malcolm Ray and Jordan Travis, they have been through it, folks. Mm. They were all – Jari and Jones. Dude, that was – all those guys were, were there in 2020 in South Florida in the COVID game where they got beat 52-10, to 10, and I think Miami scored touchdowns on all five of their first half drives with, with the great Derek King. The the Derrick King-James Blackman duel in South Florida, Miami won it kind of convincingly. You were embarrassed. You were thoroughly thumped. Your coach wasn't even there because he had COVID. And then you haven't lost to them since. And I just think that's cool, man. I think that's cool what these guys have gone through. I always talk about what the people listening to this went through. But the players that are still on the team from then, the Fabian Lovitz, the Jordan Travises, uh, the, the Deloach, who's had a monster senior season it's really cool they get to do this no matter how it ends man two straight 10 win seasons they're about to be 11 and0 they're about to have the second longest winning streak in school history when they beat northern Alabama that'll be 17 in a row which is the second which will be the second longest streak um in school history that's so cool for them to get to do that and they still have a lot more to play for so it's a fun time of year man how
1: about uh, Alex Master glad I did not run into him with my vehicle mmm um... Seven punts, four of them 50 or more yards, five of them inside the 20. I mean, of those five inside the 20, how many of them are inside the 10? Um, weapon. Uh, and then Fitzy makes his field goals. Borg Alice does not. Yeah. Although, good grief, that kid. He's um, got some volume. He's got some velo coming off the... Uh-
0: it's like a T-shirt gun. <laughs> It's like a T-shirt cannon with that right leg, man. That, the one he hit that first one that he missed, yeah. both you and Ira made audible like gasps yeah. when it went off his foot because he, he kicked it so hard. He missed it, but, man, that thing – I mean, it would have been <laughs> – Ira said it would have been bad from 60 but because everybody says it would have been good from 60, but it would have been. Yeah. I mean, he, that, that was long enough to be a 61, 62-yard field goal. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, it, master mono for sure. Special teams was good. Um, the onside kick – all right. Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, I, get,
1: wait, I, are, wait. You weren't. You didn't have problems with it uh, no. during the word chair. Have, have you slept on and, and changed your mind?
0: No, I, I, I've had I've had people explain to me that like they they appreciate the idea, just maybe not then, like maybe not to start the second half when that when they don't feel like that quarterback. When you why not make that quarterback have to get the ball at the twenty five and and drive the ball? Uh, but I would say Miami scored their last two possessions of the first half. They looked like they were doing some things. And it is it is just set up perfectly. Like it's a surprise onside kick. So it has to come at a time when you wouldn't expect it. Um, and, I man, they were just set up absolutely perfectly. You had three guys waiting on the ball. They had nobody on the screen. And then, of course, because it's Florida State-Miami, the ball bounces at the 44-and-a-half over your guys' heads. And then the Miami guy really does make a nice play to come leaping in and, and make the recovery. I didn't mind it. Um, you know, I, I I worried at times. I think they settled when they settled for the field goal. I was I, I, I think it was fourth. It was third and goal from like the three, and then Travis lost two yards on a run. And I'm like, that might have been the best thing that happened because if they would have gotten a yard, and then he's going for it on fourth and goal from the two. And I just think you need to you need to get points. But yeah, I I you know, Norvell's kind of hard to pin down with some of his decisions. I understand why people would have a problem with it because you're giving Miami a short field and a tie game, and it's still tied, um, don't give them – they're basically already in field goal range with that kid's leg. Don't give them points. Uh, but at the same time, you were, I, I don't know, man, half an inch away from recovering it. And then you have the ball in a 10-10 game. And it, was, it wasn't it was like it was. they were ready for it. It was schemed up incredibly well. They scouted it perfectly. It's right there. The ball just took that crazy second hop that it wasn't supposed to.
1: You know, it's been four seasons fully almost now of of him being here. And I still, I guess your point, we don't know how to really pin down his decision-making process. Maybe that's a good thing that he's like unpredictable. Sure. Uh, But, you know, I've contended that I I just don't think he would call games in a quasi-borderline reckless fashion when the stakes are high. Like, I, I don't see him going for it three times on the opening drive on fourth down, like he did against Wake Forest, you know, against Louisville in the ACC championship game. I don't think he'd go for two after the first touchdown of the game against Syracuse or Virginia tech or whoever it was, but like that game in that situation. And again, I really don't have a problem with it all that much. And I'm, and I'm cause I don't want to play the results. Cause if, if they end up, re, you know, re, uh, recovering that who knows, man, they they go down and, and drive and score a touchdown and they get a stop on the next drive and get some more points. Like that's the that game is over and everybody's celebrating for the rest of the the game going to the fourth quarter, But, man just he's he's gonna do this stuff right like yeah. he's he's gonna play aggressive even if they get the shot at the brass ring man he's he's gonna go for it I feel like so maybe we just need to finally embrace I think a lot of people have but maybe some of us on the fence are tr- trying to think that. Maybe he'll play a little bit more conventionally, but I, I just – no, I don't think so. Nope.
0: But what I like also is there was a moment in the first half. Um, it might have been the first quarter. I, I don't remember. They had a fourth and kind of short. Like one at like the Miami – I feel like it was around the 45. It definitely was around midfield, but I think it was on the other side of midfield. Um, and it was fourth and short-ish, like a, a few yards. And he decided to punt. And Master Motto pinned him, um, I don't know, man, at the – Three or five it was the first or,
1: drive of the game, man. That was yeah, the first drive of the it, game. Fourth and two, and then he pinned him on the on the two yard line.
0: Fourth and two from the what?
1: Forty six, their own
0: forty six. So l- normally, I think he goes for that, and I think if it's, um, if it's if even in the swamp he might go for that. But when you're playing a quarterback that, you, and even if Van Dyke is playing, he might go for that. But when you're playing an offense that has a, a freshman quarterback who has never been on the road, and you can pin him deep and you have a punter like Mastromano and you trust him, I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. And I don't know in, – in another, I don't think uh, – clearly he's not an automatic, I'm going to punt on fourth and two from the 46. You know what I mean? Right. Like he let, the, he let the game situation dictate there. Okay, their offense isn't going to move – probably not going to go 95 yards against my defense. This quarterback might throw a pick six. They might fumble. Let's try to pin them deep, and we'll probably get the ball back with a fresh set of downs in a couple of minutes right around where we have the ball now. Uh, I don't think that happened. That might have been when Keon let it roll 50 yards instead of catching the punt. But um, I I like that, right? Like he is not just straight up, the numbers tell me to go, so I'm going. Hmm. In that instance, he let the opponent dictate, the opponent's offense being not good. But if you're playing, uh, you know, Georgia, who's moving the ball on you, or or Louisville even if they move the ball on you a couple times and you have a fourth and two and you're 46 you don't want to give the ball right back or if your offense is really cooking and you feel like oh, two yards will be nothing here then I, I think he that changes the way he coaches which is good that's what good coaches do they adapt to the the uh, the 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 game and the or the the situation they're just not all or nothing every time.
1: Go all or nothing with vitaminenergy.com mm. and their promo code WarchantBogo, b o g o. Not sure what it means to go all the way with vitamin energy. Maybe it's just right. going through with an actual purchase. It's been in your shopping cart. Follow through. Check out. Use that promo code wordchamp b o g o and get an item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. There's like 25% off promos out there, 50% off. But man, you're getting buy one, get one free. Like the people out there don't know it, you do though because you're a Florida State fan and the Florida State alums at Vitamin Energy are hooking you up. Vitamin Energy is the world's first and only clinically proven energy shot after a 14-day clinical trial. Participants reported 75% of them agreeing that they were able to focus and concentrate better after taking the shot. And 64% felt that the shots are a great mood booster. It tastes delicious too. And it's only 1.94 fluid ounces. Hmm. I should know that by now. 1.93. And there's 260 milligrams of all natural caffeine and absolutely no sugar. It's non-GMO. It's vitamins. It's energy with benefits, y'all. Go to vitaminEnergy.com. Use that promo code WordCamp BOGO, WordChamp B-O-G-O, on your first order to buy one and get one free. Shake it and take it. VitaminEnergy.com.
0: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: Watching the game. Like, has Miami caught up? So, Florida State, you know, again, things are never as good or as bad as they seem. You know, clearly losing 52 to 10 wasn't as catastrophic as people thought in 2020. And then Florida and then Miami losing 45 to three or whatever it was last year, um, maybe not as catastrophic as they thought either. I mean, seems like he's kind of built it the right way. I just don't know if he'll be able to sustain He's if he's gonna keep his coordinators, but they got two good lines of scrimmage on their offense and yeah. defense and they're they're seemingly just a quarterback away from being able to maybe beat Florida State now.
0: Oh a hundred percent. I mean they were a quarterback away Saturday night from probably be probably beating Florida State. Um because there were some throws that were open that they just didn't have the capability to hit. And yes, I, I think what's what's Interesting about that Miami team. And, again, we'll see what they do on Saturday now that Van Dyke is back in the, in the mix. But, man, I, credit to them for not, for not quitting. And I know that sounds like it's patronizing almost. I know it sounds patronizing. Yeah. But we all know that they do. We saw it last year. We've seen it. And not only last year in games. I'm talking about in seasons. They just straight up will quit and mail it in. And they are not doing that. So I do think that that is a good sign for Miami. Not that anybody listening to this wants to hear that necessarily. But, again, there could have been a mutiny after the Georgia Tech game. There should have been, quite honestly. There wasn't. Um, And they, and they, they beat Clemson. They lost to NC State, but that defense played hard. And they were in the game against Florida State on the road with a minute to go. With their... Well, I guess he's really the starting quarterback, but they're backup quarterback or whatever. But I I think that's uh, something to build on. I do think, like we talked about last week, the 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 the, the bones of this program seem to be in a better a better place because the line of scrimmage is very good, man. I think other than I don't know, man. I think that might be the best collection of offensive line, defensive line they faced that Florida State's faced. I think um, so. That defensive line is the truth. That offensive line is good. Um, I not not great, but good. Um, I think and they lose
1: some of those pieces, though. At least yeah, so, like sure. Matley, Javian Cohen. I think they're rentals, one year Reynolds. So
0: yeah, Cohen. I think is a junior, but I'm sure oh. he'll test the waters. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I did like I, I like the fact that they when, when Florida State, I, I shouldn't say I like the fact, I actually dislike this. When Florida State got up twenty seven to thirteen and got the ball back after the like I said after the referee got hit, I legitimately thought Florida State was about to win. Cover 40, at least. 41-13. Yeah. Like, I thought it was over. I thought Benson might house the very next play. And then Florida State went to that weird four wide receivers on one side set, run it to the other side. Mike, you are you were over for 6 on that, my man. I think they ran that six times for five yards total. No, like, it just, ever, I,
1: thought, I remember two off the top of my head. I don't know if they ran it more than twice. You think they ran uh, it? they.
0: I think they did it. I, I know they did it more than twice. Okay. I, I okay. think they did it at least five times. And it did not work. Uh, but then they also got a break because I think Keon Coleman was held and they didn't call it. That that should have either been a for automatic first down or a uh, uh, a seventy yard touchdown, but it wasn't. But still, I, I like the fact that they just didn't give up because Miami has done that and they didn't do it this season, even after the debacle against Georgia Tech, and they didn't do it in that game. So that is a good sign. I wouldn't. I don't know that I, I'd say they've caught up, but only because. I don't know what either one of these rosters will look like mm, next year. Yeah. Who's the quarterback for either team? Right, Who's right. the star wide receiver for either team? I, legitimately, you don't know anymore. Um, so it can be is is it could be year to year with this stuff, man. I, I do think that's why it's so important what Norvell is doing in the in the actual high school recruiting now. It's because you that is the backbone of what your program will be, what your roster will be. Um, so you know. I'd say in that regard, I, I still think Florida State's going to have more talent on the roster next year. But what if Miami gets a, a super duper quarterback to transfer in? That's the that's the great equalizer, man. Like, just you can't you can't. I know he wasn't great. I know people were throwing their hands up with some of the sacks he took, rightfully so. The almost safety, I guess, could have been should have been safety, was one of Jordan Travis' all time bad plays. This that guy has, you can't stress how much he's meant to this program. Mm. You just Absolutely. don't, you can't, you can't, you can't overstate it. That guy, he's won sixteen games in a row. Um, he has turned what was a middling program. Obviously, Norvell gets the brunt of the uh, the 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 reward uh, the credit, brunt, brunt of the credit for it. But Jordan Travis is right there with him, man. Like having a a, a great quarterback makes everything. So much easier, and I and I just think he's he's won it. He's won games in so many ways, even in 2021 when he wasn't this kind of passer. He gave you confidence with the athleticism. He won games late. He's proven he can do that. It's just it's such a luxury to have somebody like that. And he will. I think he's going to go down and be remembered. He's not going to be remembered like uh, I don't know, man, like Jameis Winston or Winky. But I think
1: give him some time. Give him some time. Maybe, but don't
0: don't you think he could be like the uh, the Trent Forrest of the football team? Like all, just an people are going to remember them and think fondly of Jordan Travis forever. Forever. Forever Just a straight winner. Yeah, he's a winner, man. He is an absolute winner. Is he going to win the Heisman? Probably not. Is he going to win a national championship? Don't know. Don't even know if he's going to win an ACC championship. But that dude is a winner and he has been one of he has been the biggest reason along with culture and everything else but from a player standpoint one player he has been by far the biggest reason that Florida State is this again and you might look back 5 years from now when Florida State is routinely signing top 5 top 3 recruiting classes and selling out doke and winning championships and being on winning streaks jordan travis was the bridge from the awful to the great Jordan Travis was the guy that built the bridge. And he is, you just can't overstate how valuable he is. And he hates Miami more than any of you do. <laughs> so feel good about that, too. Go watch his interview after the game. He is not a fan of the Miami Hurricanes.
1: Maybe not Jeff Cameron, though. Maybe not Jeff Cameron.
0: I don't know, man. I Jordan Travis, I think, it's, takes it even more personal than Jeff Cameron. It's
1: funny to think about some dude at a Miami baseball game as the one who planted the seed of... Yeah. Of hate, like, didn't even know, just like a little innocent, you know, shy young man out there to watch his older brother play college baseball. Yeah. And, uh, Jordan Travis held that to heart, man. He kept the receipts. Uh, he took it personal, as Michael Jordan might have done.
0: And it doesn't um, help that I guess their safety is ripping off his chain in the middle of a game and targeting him without getting, uh, let's talk about
1: I, refs for a minute before we get to the Jimbo fiasco. Okay, sure. Uh, refs, um, Nobody won last, the other night. Uh, everybody won. I don't know. I mean, the safety call is an all-time boneheaded blown call. Um, who knows so it wouldn't we affected the, the rule, outcome of the game, but it's just it's. There's no way any part of that ball was across the plane.
0: But does it? Does the ball have to be outside of the goal line or just to the goal line? That's what I don't know. Like, if the ball is over the white, does that count as not being? Fully in the end zone, over the
1: white, as in like towards the field, the player into the end zone. I mean, that no, really I'm
0: saying like cool. he, the ball, the ball. If the whole ball isn't in the end zone, not just um, on the plane, like, on the on the plane, white but line, it has to be uh, out in the, know, garnet, a, the, yes, in the garnet. garnet. If Yes, in the garnet. Does the whole ball painted. have to be in the garnet for it to be a safety? Yeah, I don't that's know. what I don't know because I don't understand if that's not the rule, why it wasn't called a safety. Because it looked to me like the whole ball was at least on the white. And then some of it was in the garnet. But then I'm like, okay, well, maybe the whole ball has to be in the garnet. But either way, you know, I was telling a buddy of this who's a Miami fan. He's like, that that screw, that, that that call screwed them. And I'm like, look, man, okay, it's 10-9. to nine. You got the ball at the 31-yard line. Like, the safety, Master Mono's punting without a rush from his own 20. Without With a safety. Without a safety, he's punting from the – the back of the end zone from the one, and he's just—he doesn't even have time. He's just got to step and kick it. Miami got the ball at the thirty-one yard line. Where would they have gotten the ball after a safety? At best, I don't know, man. At best, midfield, their own forty. Yeah. Because I'm—I'm thinking Master is going to bomb one and bomb it high because he's a very good punter and he's—he. I wonder if on a safety he'd still do the rollout to the right. <laughs> And kick it thing. I mean, it, it fake run it. Who knows? But, uh, but I, I, So Miami got the ball at the 31 and turned that into three points. There's no guarantee that if they'd have gotten the ball at their own 35 or 40 or 30 that they would have gone and gotten three points anyway. So instead of the two points, they got three points. So it, there's a very good chance, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Could be looking at it through garnet glasses. In my opinion, if they get the safety, Florida State's leading 10-9 at halftime. As it was, it's ten to ten because you gave them the ball at, their own, at your own thirty-one yard line.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah,
0: that was a uh, that was a. Uh, uh, to me, it looked like it. Uh, I I could I couldn't make I, I didn't know what to make of that call at the safety.
1: Uh, according to the rule book, section five, uh, safety, article one, approved ruling eight five one, safety. A part of the dead ball is on the ball carrier's goal line, so even if a part of it is on the goal line. You know, it's a safety. So, this, I mean, this. Well,
0: that can't be true because that means part of it isn't. So, if part of it is at the half yard line, that doesn't count as a safety. I'm just There's reading, no way. I'm
1: just reading the rules,
0: man. I'm right. just reading the the rules. ball or the player?
1: A part of the dead ball is on the ball carrier's goal line.
0: Uh, no, that's dumb. You're reading the wrong rule book. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Um, but, yeah, so then I don't know. I think people thought that. Ma- I think Jalen Ramsey said that Greedy's pick at the end of the game should have been a pick that was ruled off, and then the, the targeting. Some people also, even pro-Florida State people, were pointing out the fact that, again, I didn't see the last plays of the game because I was down there trying to get everything set up. But uh, some of the folks were like, hey, go look at it. And I should have looked at it, but I didn't look at it. Still love you guys. Thanks for letting us know this. But Corey can maybe uh, clarify it. But I guess people were saying that maybe even Malcolm Ray almost could have gotten flagged for like a rough-in-the-passer. I don't know if it was on the pick or maybe one of the previous plays. I know Jackson West hit a guy late out of bounds. Like they're just letting the boys play on Saturday night. So
0: it's I think Florida State, Miami, baby.
1: Yeah, I think it all evened out. I don't. I don't think one team necessarily might have benefited, but Miami probably has a quite legitimate gripe at the safety. But to your point, I don't know how it really affected the, the points. And they didn't the lose
0: time. by a. They didn't lose by two points. Right. So, but I and I know games if, play out differently yeah. with sco- different yeah. scores. I get it, but I, I just think the score would have been ten to nine at halftime instead of ten to ten. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the targeting, the thing that bothered me the most, I talked about. The, I think I talked about this on uh, the War Chant Wrap, is they they pause the game to say they were going to look at the previous play for targeting. Yeah. Then they go to a three and a half minute commercial. As far as I know, because we don't have the referee piped into the uh, into the press box. But I don't think the referee ever made an announcement to anyone. No,
1: I don't recall one happening. No,
0: they just went back to, uh, they just kept it as it was, third and seven from the thirty-five yard line or whatever it was, and it was the most flagrant targeting I've ever seen. My man number twenty, who is a very good player and James is out of Williams, control yeah. with with the way he plays, man, it is it, he is a he is a cyclone. Um, he leaps with his head into the, the side of Jordan Travis's helmet. Now he doesn't knock him down, it's not an tackle, but he leads with his head into the, the side of Jordan Travis's head. Clearly, it's they review it for targeting and then we never hear whether it was targeting or not. And it was absolutely targeting. And it was like you guys you know I'm not a big targeting proponent. I hate it. I hate kids getting ejected for it. I hate it when it's accidental. This was not accidental. This kid tackles all the time. He knows how to tackle. And he and Jordan were bickering and talking the whole day. That kid intentionally launched his helmet into the side of Jordan Travis's helmet, I thought anyway. But even if it wasn't intentional, he hit him in the helmet. And then all of a sudden, Florida State's got burst down at midfield and their second-best defensive player is out of the game. And no, just not even an explanation. It was not targeting. Call in the field stands. Just let's keep playing, guys. We're not an it. It's like it never happened.
1: Mm. All right, uh, we buried the lead. Forty-one minutes mm. into the show. Um, yep. I don't. I don't have my dancing shoes. Actually, let's talk about this part first, and then I'll let you just. I'll lay out for seven and a half minutes as you just talk about right. the inglorious Go. end. Yeah. Um, you know, of, yeah inglorious. <laughs> inglorious. Inglorious. Um, you know, one of my buddies, funny enough, like sent me a retweet on the Pete Thamel tweet that was saying that you know he's going to be fired. Here's who they plan on you know here's potential targets a guy retweeted it and was like uh, using like a fake quote about like hey just can, Pete, can you do me a favor and just put Cliff's name on the list it could be 7th or 8th I don't really care just put him on the list please and it was funny because like this is how this is all going to work like these are agents are going to be like hey can you just put our guy in the mix for this job so that you can help me and him get a raise and this is how yeah. this, this industry works so just saying that to acknowledge the fact that Mike Norvell is one of the names on this list. And I don't know if Mike, I don't think Mike was behind it. Maybe Mike's agent was, but I would just be so unbelievably stunned and j- jaw slacked agape. If yeah. he were to even consider taking a phone call at this point from Texas A&M, but I know people want us to kind of maybe address that part before we celebrate the demise of Jimbo Fisher, but it just, it's part of the business. Like we, we were there, Ten years ago, almost on this exact day maybe, when Texas was going to get rid of Mack Brown and Jimbo was maybe going to go in the midst of a title run. Um, he's a successful coach. Like, be flattered, I guess. I know it's hard to look at it that way, Corey, but uh, no reason to be stressed, everybody. Don't be stressed. Please don't
0: I, stressed. I, I mean, look, man, all we would say is if he chose to leave Florida State to go coach at Texas A&M, he's as dumb as the guy that just did the same thing. It's preposterous. Like, look around, Aslan. Like, I don't know that Florida State is all that much better totality than – I mean, I know they're better than LSU. I think think they're probably – I think they could beat Alabama. I think they could play Alabama six times and beat them three. But then you wouldn't want to have to play LSU the week after that. And then you wouldn't want to have to play Ole Miss and then Texas after that. Like, look, we all want out of this conference. I get it. But why in the world would Mike Norvell leave the ACC where he's got something building? He's got the number three recruiting class in the country. He's proven he can win at this level and win pretty big. He's about to be 11-0 and 0 and have a 17-game winning streak to go to a place that never wins. He just saw what happened. Yeah, man, the, the money is nice. He's already rich. But coaching careers matter too. Where's Jimbo going to coach again? He's on the uh, Rich Rodriguez plan now at this point. Mm. he's going. He's getting worse and worse. He'll probably be at West Virginia at some point he'll flame out there and we're going to see him at Troy in six years like his, his, he's not going to get another big head coaching job he's just not he flamed out at Am. nobody wins at Am ever ever everybody but Willie Taggart wins at Florida State so but no I, I would I would be I, I just I couldn't even imagine I, I, I it would be you, I'd be dumbfounded I'd be bum puzzled if that if he was even a remote possibility, plus, quite honestly, um, maybe A and M fans don't want to go the route of Florida State again. You know, burn me once. You know what I mean? Shame like, on you. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I don't. I, maybe that wouldn't be a great sell either, especially a guy that uh, you know. I mean, he's on a sixteen-game winning streak, sure, but you know, he, he's still he's forty years old. Um, they're going to want to go after Lane Kiffin. Uh, not Mike Norvell, but either way, man. No, I I wouldn't. I, that would be crazy if he if he left Florida State uh, for A and I don't think that's a serious name. Um, I, that would be. I just don't think it is. Maybe I could be completely wrong. I don't have any inside knowledge. It's a really good situation he's got set up, man. And he's got a, he's got a good staff. He's got a great recruiting class coming in. He's killing it in the portal. He's got the battles end. He's got a program that's used to winning, unlike A and M, that knows how to win. And he's got players that are good. So. I, it would be it would be uh, bizarre if he if he did that.
1: I think I think maybe part of it too is to kind of show your constituents that you're taking this seriously. Like if you're Texas A and M, like listen, like we know we screwed up. We're gonna go after anybody and everybody out there. So like you have to kind of include Mike Norvell's name at this point because of what he's done at Florida State. So, uh, but even though it's a complete pipe dream for them, so I think that's also maybe part of the calculus. But again, yeah, Jimbo was officially fired on Sunday morning after he absolutely decimated Mississippi State, so my guy gets to go out on top. That's right. 45 and 25 in six seasons at Texas A&M. He signed a 10-year contract renewal in 2021 that was $95 million guaranteed. Uh, Texas A&M owes him $19.2 million uh, before year's end, within 60 days, and then he will get $7.2 million annually through 2031. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely no offset or mitigation. So that means if he were to get another job, let's say at West Virginia in two years, they still owe him $7.2 million annually until 2031. So I guess take a bow, uh, Jimmy Sexton. Um, I don't know if I ever thought Jimbo Fisher was going to win a national talent, Texas AM and m but through six years, I surely would have thought he'd make to more than one new year, six bowl. I would have figured he'd been in Atlanta at least once by this time. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't pay enough attention to what was going on in college station. Like, you know, I'm always going to be indebted to what he did for this program. I just, I don't know. It was the best season as a fan for me ever going through 2013. I wasn't able to maybe enjoy 99 and, and 93, the way a lot of you folks were. So 13 for me was, it was the ultimate, it was Camelot, but man, for some reason, the quarterback whisper just never could get that thing figured out, man. Um, after he lost Jameis, you know, DeAndre Francois was a good quarterback, might have been a very good quarterback had he stayed here and worked together with him. But, you know, his best success was with Kellen Mond, It was a guy that he did not recruit. Uh, yeah. Connor Wegman, people thought maybe he was going to be the answer. Good quarterback, not great. Um, Haynes King, good quarterback, not great. Maybe something that has to fall on Jimbo Fisher and him not adapting to college football. For him wanting to emulate Nick Saban as much as he possibly could, He never really emulated the evolution, the adaptation that Nick Saban showed throughout the last 15 years here in Tuscaloosa. Just, you know, even Bobby Petrino couldn't save him, as crazy and stupid as that sounds. Uh, Just really bizarre for a guy that was thought as being maybe one of the the best five head coaches out there in the country for at least like an eight year stretch to to go out in this sort of fashion. Crazy. Um, Unexpected for me, but I don't know. I guess maybe a lot of people saw this come and thought that, you know, a lot of what he did at Florida State towards the end was smoking mirrors, and he was on the he was on the his way out even then. So I don't know your, your thoughts, Corey Clark.
0: Well, yeah, I mean I think uh, seventeen colored Florida State's uh, thoughts of his tenure differently. Than they would have been otherwise. Like if he'd have left for LSU after the fifteen season or the sixteen season, which he almost did, um, the the taste in people's I mean, they would, Florida State fans would have been upset, but it also would have made more sense, man. Like I, I don't I don't I don't think I wouldn't have left Florida State for LSU. But at least that makes sense. LSU wins national championships too. They have a great fan base. They have a lot of history. Uh, not as much as Florida State, but close. A&M was just stupid. It's just stupid. They they haven't won a national championship since 1939. And what bothered Florida State fans so much as and I, You were here, right? When are you when did you join? No, you weren't here when he left, were no. you? I was
1: there uh, 2018 February 2018. Yeah, that's right.
0: So was uh, gone. you know what what. What bothered people so much, man, and I I know this because I just wrote a column about it that's on the website as people are are listening to this, is the way he left and the shots he took at the program. Um, And they were shots. It was like, look, if your administration's not committed to winning, really winning, you're never going to be good. You can't achieve anything. He said that at his introductory press conference. Um, And he said it was a no-brainer to come to A&M because of the resources. He he took all these little shots or big shots at Florida State, and he told any journalist with a pen – or a notebook how little florida state was committed to winning and how you just couldn't win long term at florida state or win period at florida state he did you know when 17 happened he, he was blaming the re, the the lack of a football facility then the, instead of what he was putting on the field in his quarterback development it, then that's what bothered people the most is he he didn't seem to appreciate what florida state is and as we have the 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 beauty of 6 years of hindsight It's clear. Jimbo Fisher is a pretty good coach. He is not a special coach. Florida State is a special place. It made Jimbo Fisher a national championship head coach. He is not Nick Saban. He won 29 games in a row at Florida State. Mike Norvell has won 16 games in a row at Florida State. Even Bobby Bowden in his mid-60s. Won 17 games in a row at Florida State in a national championship. Like, this is a special place. And what bothered maybe – maybe I'm just speaking for myself because I, I grew up a huge fan of Florida State. What bothered me the most about Jimbo during those last few years is he never seemed to appreciate what Florida State was. He, he, only, he only pointed out the negative and never seemed to embrace the positive, which was, hey, man, look at all this history. We got Bowden, Warwick Dunn, Dion, Charlie – all this history. We got this fan base. We got this recruiting base. It was all about what he didn't have. And then he goes to, he goes to the place that has everything, including a great in-state recruiting base, and falls on his face. So, you know, I, I think Jimbo needed Florida State as much as Florida State needed him, and he never really appreciated that. And so that's why so many Florida State fans were probably smiling a little bit when he got fired uh, while my meanwhile, their team is 10 and 0, and number four in the country. The team, the program that's not committed to winning, has battles in, has won 16 games in a row, and is two games away, away from a perfect regular season. So
1: I mean, can we can we also not acknowledge that a lot has changed since he has left? I mean, like Mike Dorvell is uh, has all the tools that probably. You but know, that's
0: assuming that Jimbo wouldn't have or didn't. Like everything he asked for, he was he got except for a footballing facility that they agreed to build. Now, here we are six years later, it's still in the early stages of being built. But everything else he asked for, they got. And, and they,
1: he got everything he wanted at A&M and, and was clearly in, and incapable of winning it. it. So that's it's no, the, no reason that's to think. What I,
0: yeah, that's my point. It's like it's not, it's not the bells and whistles, man. It's, it's the guts of a program, I think, personally. No. And there's just something, you know, some programs just aren't ever going to win big. A&M has been mediocre. Is that what the M stands for? Has been, has been mediocre. Average,
1: Texas average and mediocre. Average,
0: average and mediocre. Yeah, the average and mediocre Aggies. First 80 years, man. They've never done anything. And Jimbo thought he was the special sauce. Mm. Florida State is the special sauce. He, now, and that, I'm not trying to dismiss what he did because they needed to be modernized. He took over a program that was in disarray. And it was old school. And it needed to be modernized. And he did it but then he fell off a cliff. And that program that Willie Taggart took over was not even as good as the program Jimbo took over at Florida State. And then Norvell took over one that was like what Bowden took over after Mudra. But it's just, I just I feel good for Florida State fans, maybe myself, but mainly Florida State fans cuz again, I I appreciate what Jimbo did, man. I got to go to I got to go cover a national championship team. I get to document that team. That's one of the best teams that's ever been. And I was there every step of the way not watching practice or interviewing freshmen, but we were there every step of the way watching that team, and it was an all-time career highlight. Uh, it was just cool. It's cool to cover a team like that. But we also have – so I, I don't dismiss that he, he played a role in it, but, you know, he's the third coach now. He's the third coach out of four that's had at least a 16-game winning streak at this school in the last 25 years. I think it means the program is is what's special. And if you get a competent head coach or a very good head coach, which Jimbo was at the time – and I think Mike Norvell is now. You can win really big here. So maybe and Mike Norvell. I don't Norvell, think Jimbo appreciated that.
1: So maybe Mike Norvell should take a pay cut. I mean, you should be fortunate to be here, Mike. I mean, look. So I was thinking look about what else that. is out there, Mike.
0: Like so, and I, I made that point in the column. Like you know, he's got all the zeros he could ever want in his bank account, right? Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jimbo's about that life. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sure, it's cool to have five ranches. And I don't know how many steer does he have? Five hundred? I don't even know how you talk about cattle. Do you say steer? Like heads, see, he, he, heads of cattle. I heads think. of cattle. What yeah. is it? A, is a thousand a lot? Is two th- Is ten thousand? It's like that Nate Bargatze joke where he talks about DiCap- Leonardo DiCaprio tweeting, uh, you know, one million sharks die every year from uh, uh, from hunters, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, what do you want me to do with that? Is that a lot? How many sharks are out?" He's going, "I didn't even know there were a million sharks on the planet." Is that? A-? But anyway, um, so I don't know how to talk about uh, heads of cattle. But, uh, you know, I, I think with Jimbo, man, it's like I, he had a chance to have an all-time legacy. And he blew it to go to Texas A&M. Well, no, he blew it here first. Like, he, it was obviously clearly on the downswing. But he was set up to have a Dabo run at Florida State. He was set up. And he's a, he's a smarter football coach than Dabo. And while, while his program slowly went downhill and then accelerated downhill, Dabo took over the ACC. And then J- Jimbo went, and you know people can. I don't, I don't, I don't buy this philosophy. I don't in in, to- in totality. But people love to point out Jimbo's record with Jameis and without him. But Amen. the one year with Jameis, the thirteen year, it wasn't like Jameis. It wasn't like the Cam Newton year at Auburn, where he's playing with three other NFL guys. I mean, that whole team was an NFL team. Jalen Ramsey and Lamarcus Joyner and Kelvin Benjamin and Rashad Green were all on that team. It wasn't just Jameis. But I mean, Jameis was whatever he was. What was he? Twenty six and one, and then Jimbo wasn't all that great without Jameis. I get it, but uh, but I I just I would have thought his winning games and and being one of the all time greats was what Jimbo cared about more than the money. And he went to A and M, got had all the resources he wanted, and proved to be what man an average coach. Take away the COVID season. Yeah. Which was his only good season there, when there were no crowds. He's remembered.
1: He'll be remembered as a guy that like had a heist that stole ninety million dollars away from a public institution in Texas, and not a guy that isn't was that the architect right? of one of the best college football teams isn't that ever. Cra-
0: that, yeah. Isn't that crazy? And I agree with you. I, I wrote that like you know Florida State was a punchline after he left, and then what happened in, in Jacksonville State, and then Travis Hunter, and they were a punchline. Well, Jimbo became the punchline. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're right. That's a great way to phrase it, Aslan. He, he's that's what he's remembered for now is the huge buyout he's going to get $75 million to not coach. That's how bad he was at his job. A&M's going to pay him $75 million to believe, not do it there anymore. Leave. Yeah, get that's out. crazy. It's just uh, – it's inglorious. Mm. It's ignominious. It's all the words we can think of. It's a, uh, And, you know, he, he had a chance to put together an incredible run at Florida State and be here for 20 years, but he was never truly happy here. And I think if he could be truly truly honest, he would tell you he regrets leaving for College Station, hmm. even with the bank account, because he was always going to be rich. Florida State was always going to keep him as one of the highest paid coaches in the country, just like they did with his assistants every year. Um, but, uh, whatever that narrative was that was false. But he could have had a chance to do something really special at Florida State. I thought he was building something special, and it crumbled beneath him, and then he went to A&M and proved to just be another dude.
1: I think today we'll start my Andy Dufresne campaign of writing a letter every single day um, to Jimbo Fisher to get him on the show, just to get. get No
0: chance. Uh, That would actually be (laughs) incredible. You're just gonna email him every day. Where would you even email him? What's his email (laughs) address now?
1: I'm gonna handwrite a letter to the ranch.
0: Oh yeah. Wherever he's (laughs) at. Nice. Go through Marty Smith. That's one of his. That's one of his friends.
1: Uh, he's got a lot of money. He'll probably play some of the uh, the games out there over at mybookie.ag. You can go to the casino, the live casino. You can live bet. You could do a futures bet if you wanted to. It's all there. He'll use the promo code Warchant, John James. You know, get some better value. Uh, you'll get an instant cash deposit bonus. Anybody out there, you don't have to just be a disgraced former head football coach to get a cash deposit bonus. Just use the promo code Warchant over at mybookie.ag where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. A little update on our uh, seasons contest here. I have uh, put some breathing room between myself and Corey. Our first or our second 2-0 week of the season from one of the guys. Uh, two weeks ago, Corey went 2-0 on part of his uh, comeback plan. I, I nailed it. I got it, man. Uh, shout out uh, to my guy, Gus Malzahn. I think that was the biggest margin of victory over a, uh, from a team that was below 500 over a ranked team ever, which is a stat that they keep apparently here, Corey. But I got that one right. And then my guys in Michigan go blue. Uh, mm. Stepped up and took out Penn State. Penn State fired their offensive coordinator apparently here on Sunday uh, evening. So, um, yeah, everything going according to plan for myself. So, I got a little more breathing room between myself and Corey. We'll give you some more picks on Thursday. Uh, this game against North Alabama, not currently on the books. Here's an early one for you, Corey. I know you're Mr. ACC. Pitt versus Boston College. Pitt hosting them. Pitt a giving away one and a half at home against a Boston College team that... Uh, I don't even want to wounded. talk about
0: them after, what they, uh, after how they hurt me this weekend. I, Castellanos, I, I just don't even know how to talk about that team right now. Oh. Never been more disappointed in a football team.
1: MyBookie.ag, use that promo code WARCHAMP for your instant cash deposit bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. all right, on the way out, Corey also uh, we had our over under contest.
0: Yeah, let's hear it, man. I, right. I think I nailed some of these over unders. I think they were good good numbers.
1: Very good. Uh so Tyler Van Dyke passing yards one hundred and fifty. Uh the under hit on that one. Fifty four percent of the people out there took the under.
0: Okay. What was he? Like did he have twenty five?
1: Something like that. Yeah. Thirty, something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. Twenty nine. Osceola's spear plant. 48 yard line closer to the south end zone so that would be to the right if you're watching the telecast. Mm. 84% said over it was going to be closer to midfield. They were incorrect.
0: Correct. Uh, right. it,
1: it, like it, it was a 47 yard line to the right of like the seminal head if you're facing if you're looking at the proper orientation of
0: the seminal head. For like a little bit over the 47 too, but still yeah. the 47. It definitely wasn't it did not get to the 48. Yeah.
1: Jaheim Bell touches six and a half. 63% took the under, which was the correct play.
0: Okay. What do you have? Three? Four? Four. four.
1: Okay. Tatum Bethune tackles seven and a half. 61% took the over. It was under. He had six tackles. Okay. Good job, Corey. Good job. I feel
0: like these are good numbers, man. Getting a lot of action either way. Yeah.
1: Florida state defensive takeaways. Two and a half was the number. Uh, Seventy or eighty percent of the people are on the right side of history. They took the under on that. Yeah. Surprisingly, only one turnover, and it was that interception. I mean, it was play. the last
0: play of the game. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Jordan Travis total touchdowns three and a half. Um, what do you, you have? One.
0: He had one. I think that's a. It doesn't matter what it was. I, right. What was the? What was the? What was the betting? Because I think that's a hmm. good number.
1: Sixty-eight percent said over.
0: I feel like if we're running a casino, man, we just crushed it again. (laughs) we
1: did. We We just just
0: crushed it again.
1: Robbed all of you folks. (laughs) Uh, And then the tiebreaker was Miami rushing yards, which was 131. Uh, Jimbo 11 is the winner. He had 140. I am not Drew Carey. I am not Bob Barker. I don't care if you go over. It should be closest to the number.
0: Exactly right. I agree with that, Aslan. Yeah,
1: he was closest to the number. Uh, So congrats to him. He's got his garnet and gold gift code. Remember, you got to be a... Uh, you got to be a member of WarChant.com to get involved in this and win that prize—a $25 gift card to Garnet and Gold. Uh, we've got two more left to give out: North Alabama and the Florida game. So, uh, get involved, and then I don't know—maybe we'll shake down Garnet and Gold for some more because there's more games probably in the horizon here for Florida State. So, uh, and then also, a real quick story, Corey—I don't know if you went back and listened to the uh, Gabrielle Reese, world-famous volleyball player.
0: Um, no, you Just, got her at halftime in the press box. Yeah, so they, they started the uh, what's the name of it, man? I, we should know that, or I should know it. Uh, the, the campaign to raise to raise uh, money for women's athletics. Okay, all right. Yeah, she's like the she was the she kicked off the campaign for to raise money for people that want to give uh, specifically to women's athletics.
1: Yeah, so I showed up to it a little bit late. Um, which my fault I didn't realize. Usually they make an announcement like, "Hey, we've got somebody yeah. here in the lobby for an interview." So I showed up a little bit late, um and I'm like, "All right, I want to kind of keep this thing going so I can maybe get some more, you know, content out of it. Not content, but it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want us to film a, a 35 second interview while everybody else here has got like a, a three and a half minute interview." And I clumsily ask her a question, uh, which only I can screw this up, and. Um, I thought she was gonna maybe like want to have words with me here, Corey. So I, I basically want to ask her about the fact that you know fans out there. Let me let me just play let me just play the exchange, Corey. Let me play the exchange for you so you can hear my. Clumsy is this is gonna question.
0: make me cringe. I don't like to cringe as long. Oh,
1: deal with it. It's part of having to work with me, man. You're, okay. You've heard yeah, well, that's true. Maybe that's worse. Point. Let's go. I know a lot of uh, like fans want their high-celebrity alumni to be more visible and stuff. But the fact that you're not here doesn't mean that you don't care about this program continually, right? You mean you want me to live in Tallahassee? Well, you know, I just, I I think I'm out there, I have a 35-year career in the professional sort of landscape, and I couldn't be a better representative of Florida State than
0: going out there and showing that after being in athletics and then going on into professional athletics, what that looks like. And so in the ways that I talk or communicate or represent myself, I am... Inadvertently representing Florida State um, all of the time, and hopefully, uh, for Florida State feels a sense of pride um, and even a part of. I mean, my coach that I played for is standing behind you right now. Um, so, it, it, you know, as far as being visible, yeah. I'm, I'm really doing the best I can.
1: I wasn't really critical of her.
0: Like, I, yeah, I went- no, but I, I get the, I, I get it. It sounds like you're I get where she got defensive. I think the way you phrase that question is even though you can't be in Tallahassee because you've got your old life and your own career in California and all over the world, how much does it how much does it you how much does Florida State still matter to you? How proud are you of, of what you've meant to Florida State or what Florida State means to you? Because you're just looking for a soundbite, right? And it just came across. As contentious, even though or or uh, it, even though it wasn't, I know exactly what you meant. I think it was a very innocuous question, but she doesn't know you, and but she, no, she. I think she felt like it was an attack that she's not. You're not there. She's not there more often.
1: Well, so when it was over, like so, she answered one other, like one or two more questions, and then everybody stopped recording. But then somebody else asked a question. I walked away and I told like all the booster people, I'm like I'm like I'm sorry, like I did not mean to offend her, and they're like, oh no, you're fine, you're fine. So then I came back out when she was, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I just want to apologize. I like, I, I, I wasn't being critical at all. It's like, no, no, no. She's like, and she is a very powerful, confident woman. Yes. Um, so she just like stares right through me. She's like, I'm fine. Explain yourself. And I'm like, you know, just, you know, fans out there see alumni making money, being successful. And like, if they don't hear them call out their name on Monday night football, or they don't donate money to help build something like they're like, Oh, you know, that's not cool. And she's like no, I get it. She's like you know, as for people not and mentioning you know a school on TV, she like she's like Pfft, who cares? Um, but then she you know she goes about you know how much this university meant to her, like her whole life changed because she because she came to Florida State and how much she appreciates being like a Florida State alum. Uh, so yeah, no, it, it was it was. But I was like totally, I'm like I'm so sorry, Ms. Reese. Um, yeah, I think we're cool now though. I think, I okay, think-
0: good. Yeah. She, she seems, uh, she has always seemed like that. Like she was playing for the people that don't know she was a, I don't know how, I mean, she was a starter on the volleyball team. She was very good. I don't know if she was like an all American, all world volleyball player when she was at Florida state in team volleyball, but, uh, she was also a model and she was one of the, she was the, at that time she, her and Dion were the two most famous athletes on the Florida state campus. And it wasn't close. Um, and then yeah, she had a she had a huge career in, in professional volleyball and modeling and uh is still one of the more famous Florida State out. Heck, she's up on the uh the video board and the, the race car. Yeah, she won. The, she the, got the the, yeah, she won. She, uh, racing Bowden and Deckerhoff and uh Burt, whoever they whoever they race. Uh so yeah, no, uh She was
1: all she, conference all conference metro in eighty nine and ninety. And apparently she, she said that she she gave up her scholarship. To like be able to remain eligible to play because she was getting modeling money, I think.
0: Yeah, like Dion did. Like yeah. Dion gave up his scholarship because the Yankees were paying him. Yeah. A lot of parallels between Gabrielle Reese and Dion. Yeah. I hope she doesn't go, uh, go <laughs> steal, steal the number one yeah. recruit in the country, yeah. and go coach her, uh, go coach her at Morehead State or something. Um, but yeah, so that, w- that It was cool that she was back, and uh, she is awesome. Uh, you, you, just the way she talked right there is like, golly, yeah, she's oh, incredibly impressive. confident. That's that's a very. Uh, very impressive uh, person, and I do want to give a shout out to the. Uh, we haven't talked about it at all.
1: It's called Elevate Champions, by the way, the campaign to uh, there we go. help women out. Thank you, Aslan.
0: Thank you. The crowd on Saturday night was incredible. Hmm. The whole atmosphere was incredible. the 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 uh, The transition from the third to the fourth quarter was incredible. I, you know, eastbound and down, whatever. But the lights go off, the flashlights go out. I think they start playing AC-DC. Uh, that's what Stephanie says. They start playing right before. Uh, and it was awesome because it was a, it, Miami had a third down at, like, their own 10-yard line. And it's go, instead of, like, Master Modo lining up to punt, which is how it's been timed up sometimes on that fourth quarter switch. But they're like, you know, let's get loud. And, they, and they're playing AC-DC. And the place is going nuts. It's night. It's doke. There's – the the lights go off and then come back on real quick. They're doing the strobe stuff. It was just a really cool environment. And, you know, I'm the first one to criticize stadium ops when they don't do something that I like. Well, I, I just thought that the, the the transition of the fourth quarter, really the whole game, I thought they did a really good job. But most of that is because the crowd was awesome. And that I, it probably won't be that way for North Alabama, I'm going to say. It's not going to be that fever pitch. But I thought it was really cool that this fan base and this team – Got a moment like they did on Saturday night with a fit, with a crowd like that that was just straight up. I mean, it was electric, man. We don't get to hear the the crowd much in the press box. There were plays in that game where you could hear hear the crowd like it was almost like it was shaking. It was so loud, and that was cool to see. It was cool to see because who knows what it's going to be like then the next time it's at full capacity, which will be in I guess 2025. When the whole stadium is done, with the with the renovations are done, but man, what a way to send send the old girl out Hmm. um, with a win over Miami, where the crowd played a huge role and was really really good.
1: Well said, Um, thanks, buddy. We were going to talk. This show still going on. I know, what? right? We were going to talk recruiting, but what a long show! And Michael Langston yeah. had a really long night. So we're going to have on the show tomorrow, okay, uh, to sum everything up that happened. Really big recruiting weekend. Lots of elite talent. Lots of elite talent that was impressed. We'll get some details from Michael. But if you don't want to wait, you can be a member of WarChant.com and head to the premium recruiting board and get your fill. I'm sure a lot of what he'll say is probably already up on that website. It's a perk of being a subscriber. So hmm. uh, do check it out. Jeff Cameron show one to three o'clock. We'll be at the press conference. Uh, summing things up, posting videos, uh, and the like. So, oh,
0: Also, shout out real quick. Women's basketball team beat Tennessee. That's a great oh, win. Big dub, yes. Uh, it's a huge win. Great win. Um, and then the men's basketball team started out with a, a really impressive win over, a, a, I think, a pretty decent Kennesaw State team. Uh, looked really good. And then they play again tonight, uh, I think, against Central Michigan. So ba- it's basketball season two, everyone. Look at that.
1: Look at that. Everyone's...
0: They had soccer. Yeah. Soccer won easily in the first round, and they play again uh, later on this week. All right.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. It wasn't that long of a show either. Uh, they just beat Miami. Everybody's feeling good. He's mm-hmm. Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Grill.